Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast, and I'm your host, S.A. Grant. Um, today's episode is a Boss Up Q&A, and on the other side of the microphone, we have, I know him better as Alex Johnson. So why don't you give people a little bit of who you are and your background and, and, and what we're going to be talking about tonight. All right, what's going on, fam? It's definitely good to be here. Alex Johnson here, a.k.a. King Carlisle, better known as Christian Carlisle, or just Carlisle on the mic. It's Carlisle, baby. So, hey, uh, like I said, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, just a little background about myself, man. Um, it's, it's, I'm musically getting uh, just charged because basically I come from a music background. My father was always in the gospel band as long as I could stand up. My mom played the piano in the church. Um, so we was pretty much forced to be in the church and, and, and sing and learn instruments and, and things of that nature. So um, naturally, it just, you know, it grew on me. So since I can remember, I've been a music head. And as I've been able to, you know, as we've grown and as i gotten older, um, you know, I, t- I tended to go to uh, rap and hip-hop and, you know, R&B and all these other different genres, you know, and it was just in my soul. So, you know, the creative part of me was able to write, you know, any genre type of a song. And, you know, I can, you know, I may not be a, just like a per se country artist, but I can appreciate good quality music and you know i can actually you know kind of write to that or you know i can vibe to just about any genre um so uh, pretty much as far as as my background that's that's, that's where i come from and um, it inspired me to purchase my own equipment and, and we just started getting a little bits and pieces here and there until we started learning how to mix our own music master my own music and uh just getting Heat presses and things of that nature, and and, and um, you know, getting some merch together and pushing into the street. Uh, and we was just, pre- I was pretty much just going off the fly with everything, you know. And um, <clears throat> I, I finally started reading a lot of self help books and started reading a lot, getting a lot of information about the history and background of the music industry. Um, I, but when I was just out there at the peak of my, I say my younger years. Um, I was just shooting in the dark. You know, we had the product, we had the, had the stage presence, we had the, the fans, we had, you know, you know, it seemed like we had everything going for us, except I had too many hats on. You know, I really didn't have the direction or the guidance, you know, to get t- teach me to go to the next level. I was pretty much the one that was telling everybody what they needed to do, and I wasn't receiving any information for us to grow. So that's just a little bit about me. <laughs> Gotcha. And I would say what we're about to talk about is really that's, that 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 would be. Uh, um, I know I've known you, Chanel, um through other businesses, and we've been able to partner up. And I feel like we inspired each other to go to and reach higher levels in different companies. And uh, I can respect your 
expertise and some of the things we'll be talking about it i know that uh before you you've gave me a list of things that hey have you got this together you got that together and it's really just what i'm going to discuss tonight would be just a basic blueprint on uh some things to you would have to have in order being an independent artist running an independent record label got it got it got it so i mean i get this first off top like currently like what kind of marketing strategies do you have like what do you have in place how are you marketing yourself right now okay right now of course i'm 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 blasting everything on social media okay so uh and just before i just blast it of course i am using uh an approach as far as just engaging with my my fans now open conversation and then at you know um asking them to view the music or tell them tell them to check out the music also using youtube um uh, uh, youtube mafia is a uh, uh paid advertising uh company that will you know mass blast all of your you know your your content across you know several different uh platforms and um of course facebook ads and um um instagram ads as well got you so you're you're running instagram you're running facebook ads are you tracking the analytics i mean do you know what the results are based upon the ad spend that you put out so far i just to be honest i just started running the ads i'm not 30 days in my video has been posted longer than my ads have been running so um i'm actually just in the startup phases of this the analytics to where i can be able to uh just get get the feedback and, and look at it yeah so i mean just I- you know, obviously, like I said, I've known you for a period of time, and I know you've been in the game. And you know, you recently sent me a, a YouTube video. Um, Everybody wants to be a superstar, and you know, I commend you on it. It's, it's a great song, great track, and the fact that you're, you're stepping outside of the standard hip hop and you're, you're stepping into like country, a little bit of soul, all combined in one. And obviously, the video quality is good and everything else. But the one thing that I've noticed, and just kind of looking at like your YouTube channel and just looking at your presence, is that like you're not branding it. Right. And so think about like your brand presence. Okay. One of the things that that you can kind of see when somebody is branding themselves, you see that their name and their logo is always present. I think of it like Nike, for example. If if I go into the store and I see a a pair of shoes that I want to pick up, well, right away inside the store above the shoe section, it's a Nike logo. There's a Reebok logo. There's an Adidas logo. And then inside of that, I'm looking at the Nike shoes. And then if you look at a pair of Nike shoes, right? There's the Nike logo mm-hmm. on the tongue, on the side, on the bottom, inside, on the laces. The, the logo is like super redundant. Even though you already know it's a Nike shoe, the logo is completely blasted at least seven to 12 times per shoe, right? So think about mm-hmm. your video, right? How many times in that video did you represent your brand? Now, I hear your voice. I hear your lyrics. I see you. But where's your brand awareness? And I think that that's kind of where... Right now, you're missing the mark because you have the content, like you're saying, you're blasting on social media. But in all reality, is when I was looking, I was trying to figure out, okay, so like, what's your stage name? So the video, if I was you, I would start off the video right away with like the stage name. Like, like think about the old school um, 1990 videos, right? Like Video Music Box, classic joints, and they would start off right away. It's a Wu Tang video. You see the Wu Tang logo, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or starts off with, with the name of who you're listening to, and then it goes into the track. And it, like, think of like DJ Cali, right? He says his name like ten thousand times, 
That's 100% brand awareness. He's just making sure you know who the hell he is before he does anything else on that track. And you think about his consistency, right? The guy went from being a behind-the-scenes kind of producer DJ to where now everybody is, is, is reciting his lines, right? Everybody is saying his hooks. Everybody is saying, you smart, you special. DJ Cali, another one. That's all branding. Right. That's 100 percent branding. So just look at it from that standpoint. So think about all the stuff you're doing right now on the marketing side. Is it branded 100 percent? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yes, sir. Um, uh, I'm actually um, I've been kind of thinking about that and it just confirmed what I was what the idea that I had for it. It's kind of like just a preview of it. It's Carlisle. It's Carlisle. And I have a, a little catchy way of saying it. It's actually my kids going to say it. And every time, you know, and got the logo for it and everything. So, man, big up on that. Definitely. You'll see that pretty soon. So you, you're, you're the 100 percent brand presence and awareness. You about to you about to get your, get a whole ear full and all of that gotcha so i mean what's the meaning behind the name as well too because i mean obviously you know alex is your government so like how did you come up with that that the brand of carlisle carlisle is actually my middle name my first name is alexi it's carlisle and um we're looking to we got a, like a t-shirt brand uh that we're working on right now as well called alexi it's carlisle and um so i just went with my middle name as far as my uh, <clears throat> stage name and um uh, which is carlisle uh, formerly known as King Carlisle, I was into the hardcore hip hop rap scene. <clears throat> so now that with the, with with kids, marriage, and, and and you know, and and ministry, um, I'm more so. Um, you know, it, it's it's a cleaner cut. You know, so um, and but it's still you know it's st- it's still me. You know, it's still Carlisle, but of course, just wanted to be more uh, family oriented. But everybody can still have some fun. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it. So, I mean, in addition to that, some other things that I think that would definitely help you, right? So you're saying you're going to work on the branding. You really know you're going to plug in like the logo and also the audible of your name repeatedly, at least, not to the point to where it's annoying. I'm not saying that, you know, DJ Khaled, when he first started doing it, was kind of annoying, but then it became, it became kind of catchy. But that's all part of the marketing strategy, right? So if you're looking at your YouTube channel, you're looking at Facebook, you're looking at Twitter, you're looking at Instagram, you need to cross brand. So if you're on Facebook, you should also make, make everybody aware on Facebook that you have an Instagram page. If you're on YouTube, then let them know, hey, I also have an Instagram page, I have a Facebook page, I have a Twitter page. And you want all these pages to, to coexist and work with each other because your demographics will be different, right? So if you're on TikTok, right? Tell me you're on TikTok. You are on TikTok, right? Yes. No, not, not no, no, no. I'm not. Yeah, so TikTok, TikTok is like, you know, obviously they got some... Um, ownership issues going on, right? But TikTok in, in the market sector is, is huge, especially for like MCs, because not only is the music, but it's the music with the visuals, right? So think right. about um, what was the guy, the everybody, uh, the cowboy, the cowboy horse song. I forgot the name of it. Right Real, yeah, Lil Nas X. Yep. So think think about his joint, right? So his his video and his his brand, right? was 100% driven based upon the visuals, right? He was dressed up like a cowboy. He was doing a couple steps. And then that, that kind of took wildfire with his, uh, like, gifts. And then those gifts then turned into TikTok videos. So think about that space, right? Your target demographic, I would think, is probably anywhere from young kids up to middle-aged people. Well, the demographics of TikTok is kids up until, like, age 20s, like, early 30s. 
Then you have Instagram is kind of like the, the overlapping cohort between like the twenties and thirties. And then Facebook is kind of like the widest gambit because they have the most range, but that's more like, you know, late thirties, uh, even like early sixties. So you kind of have to think about your market sectors and you want to feed into that. So right now you're up and coming. You want the biggest way for you to kind of move forward is to get kids hooked on it. I mean, that's like the bottom line. If you think about all the MCs that are in the game right now that are all making their living from it, they target their demographic really hard through those platforms day in, day out. So if you're not on TikTok, you want to get on TikTok like yesterday. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. What other, I know you had like a list of questions. What else you had on your list? Right, right. Okay. As far as um, um, social, as, 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 as far as just promotions, um, promoting, promoting, I know marketing, the marketing aspect and promoting is, is, is of course, is, is separate, but on a, on a grassroots level, is do you think flyers, do you think uh, like something that, or would you just use social media? For uh for for promoting or would you actually still go old school flyers and, and, and things of that nature? So I mean that that question is very the way I look at it like you know back in like early nineties Wu Tang was kind of growing out the trunk right you know they they kind of went and and they pushed CDs and they pushed CDs and and that was a cool way of doing it back then because we didn't have the technology to support the game now in today's market right well Facebook is like there's billions of people on Facebook. There's like 1.5 billion on TikTok. So think about that. So if you let's say you're in Alabama, let's say in Alabama, there's a million people in the city you live in, let's say it's a hundred thousand people out of that hundred thousand people, maybe 10% of those people would even listen to your music. And out of that 10%, there'd be another 10%. So you're really down to like a thousand people, right? If you were to hit the ground every single day, day in, day out, maybe you get a thousand physical sales or, you could take all that time and efforts and you could put it on a global scale because there's probably somebody in Japan right now dying to hear your track. There's probably somebody in, in South Africa dying to listen to your track. So why would you limit yourself to just grassroots locally? You see what I'm saying? You're not a local storefront. It's not like you're a mom and pop smoothie shop and you're trying to sell to the community and up. you're on a global platform. So then make your outreach global. It makes no right. sense for it to be localized in today's world with the technology behind you. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're doing shows, do local shows, that's going to give you content to project out your global image. So if I have an opportunity to do 20 shows locally in my hometown, I'm going to go to every show. I'm going to do my, my, my best. I'm going to record them. I'm going to take my camera on the stage. I'm going to take shots of the audience. I'm going to take selfies. I'm going to sign autographs. I'm going to do everything humanly possible in that crowd to make that audience, if it's 100 people, I'm going to make it look like it's 10,000 people, right? If I went to two shows, I'm going to make two shows look like 20 shows. And you're going to project that online because perception is the value, right? So you're going to give a perception to the world that you're doing these sold out shows, these huge audiences, and they're going to be like, well, who's this guy, right? And then you start getting into, okay, well, who is this person that you start reaching out to people overseas, you start reaching out to people in other states, and then you start getting that snowball effect. You hear what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um <clears throat> Um, so as uh, another thing, as far as, uh, merchandise is, is merch, um, the approach with merch, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much, 
uh, what what would you what would you say the best way to to handle the orders or, or would you would you uh, design and press your own uh, immediately up front or would you I mean obviously if you don't have the uh, order for a thousand or or, or uh, even a hundred shirts you wouldn't just go and buy that many shirts but as far as drop shipping and as far as uh, as far as just setting up the whole stage for um, to be prepared for it as far as your website and, um, you know, just being prepared for after you do a local show and people go to your website and having, you know, uh, everything in place and available for them to support you. Uh, what's your, what's your viewpoint on that? Yeah. yeah I'm happy, happy you asked that question. Cause I mean, obviously this, this is a very debatable topic when it comes down to like merch, right? Some people say, don't start merch until the supply is there, right? Because at that point in time, then you can kind of buy merch at wholesale. You can have like a warehouse and then you can get the, the shirts at cost, get printing at cost, right? Then you have the, the grassroots way of doing it, okay? You go to a concert, you may have, you may print some shirts and bring it with you and sell on the spot, which is, which is great. But again, that's localized sales, right? So if you have an opportunity to market yourself on a global platform, you don't want to deal with the shipping. You want you don't want to deal with the returns, right? Because when you come down to physical products, for physical physical products it's, it's a pain in the ass to be honest with you, right? You want to think more so in a digital space, right? So you have music that's digital, you have videos that's digital. You can kind of sell that all day, all night. Concerts nowadays are pretty much digital. You can sell that all day, all night, and it's not really about the returns. It's about the experience, the user experience. It's about giving somebody some happiness and some joy in those moments. They're rocking out to your music. Now, a shirt, on the other hand, I could be a female, and I may think that I'm medium, but in reality, I may be a small or I may be a large. I'm going to order the medium shirt. It's going to come. I'm going to try it on. It's going to be the wrong size. And then now you have to deal with a return. So just dealing with the human factor of that situation, you don't want to have any surplus whatsoever in your grass. The only surplus you're going to have is like your top selling shirts when you go to a concert, right? Let's say if you're doing a concert, you may pre-order some shirts, 10, 100, 500, whatever it may be, and bring them with you. But as far as your general day-to-day sales and marketing strategy, my recommendation as of right now in today's world is always going to be print on demand just because now you have zero overhead. You have zero overhead, right? Now the margins are going to be obviously be smaller, but keep in mind, the more products that you sell through a drop shipping model is the more you can negotiate. So if you start selling a thousand units, then you can go back to the manufacturer and say, look, I'm pushing a thousand units. I want to get some more margins. I don't want to go off my cost. If each shirt is costing me 10 bucks, could you take off 10%? Let me get each shirt for $9. And now you have a 10% difference. Or you can say, hey, I want the shirt for eight versus 10. You can negotiate and say, okay, I'm going to do more marketing on my end. I need some more money up front on my end. I don't want to give away so much of my margins and just understand that once you get to that point, then you have leeway to negotiate. But until then, shit, if you're, if you're buying a shirt for $13 and you're selling it for 25 minus the shipping, you end up walking away with $5. That's a good day, right? You may sell a hundred shirts. That's $500 of net profit. And just look at it from that standpoint versus if I have to create shirts, if I have to do 100 shirts, well, you're not going to be in the studio. You're not going to be thinking about your next photo shoot, your next video shoot. You're not going to be writing songs. You're going to be in the basement pressing shirts. If you have surplus of shirts, now you'd like, okay, now I got to have $5,000 because I want to buy 1,000 shirts. Now, granted, you may get the shirts for $5 a unit, but then you're going to have 
a thousand shirts. And if you go to a concert or you, if you try to sell those shirts, you may not sell all 1,000 shirts. You may end up being stuck with at least 50% of those shirts. So then your revenue was kind of held up in, in your inventory. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you want to look at a model like, you know, I, I, my recommendations when I work with all my clients is I always recommend Sh- Shopify because it's, it's, it's standalone platform. It has pretty much all, everything that you would need to start a store like in 10 days, 10 days flat, you can have a store up and running with, with your shirt designs, hats, and they have like a thousand different products, right? I mean, uh, second to Shopify, the plugin that I always recommend is Printful. Now, Printful is not the cheapest, but they're reliable. The quality may not be the best, but the quality is good, right? So if I'm looking at the checkbox, I want shirts to be decent quality. I want the printing to be decent quality. I want the shipping to be decent quality. I want the customer service to be decent, at least at the minimum, decent quality. And that's, that's the bar minimum. And then after that, everything else is plus. So Printful gives me opportunity to where I don't have to deal with returns. I don't have to deal with shipping. I don't have to deal with, with products. I don't have to deal with, with printing them. It's all in one-stop shop solution. So that's why I always go that route. And you kind of get started. And again, you start selling 10,000 shirts, then you can kind of pull it from Printful. Printful is a good way to, to test the market and put the product out there. Oh, great. Good, good. And that was actually my next question. Which uh, company did you, um, did you have any, uh, refer? Or <clears throat> So Shopify and Printful. Okay, got you. Yeah, got Shop, you. Shopify and Printful is just is a bit. I mean, obviously, both of them have competitors, right? You can kind of start up a, a WooCommerce through WordPress, but then you have to know development, right? Or you're going to have to hire like a company like my Cerebral 360 company to build out the WordPress site, to build out the WooCommerce shopping cart. And then we're going to have to make all the connections, right? That's the other beauty of Shopify is that you don't have to deal even with the, um, the credit card processing. Once you set that up, all the processing is going to be handled through Stripe versus if you try to control the, the processing on your end, let's say you do PayPal and you have to plug all that into the WooCommerce and then you have to make sure all the things are working, right? Make sure all the plugins are updated. Shopify does all that for you. So you really don't have to really deal with that. And it's right. one less thing you have to think about, right? Now, granted, you could hire a company to manage all that, but from the point to where you are right now, the less money you have to put up front and the more money you can put into a system that you can scale later on is going to be way more fruitful. Shopify is $29 a month. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Another question for you would be, uh, as far as branching out and, and reaching out to A&Rs or just uh, or music managers or actually just finding the right people. And I know that's maybe a kind of tricky question, just finding the right people when you're developing a team, because we have both obviously dealt with team build, building and uh you'll tap root and they're trying to find, you know, the right, the right people around, you know, obviously. And, you know, unfortunately I'm in Alabama at the moment. Uh, so uh, in a small town in Alabama, so finding the right people, but again, we have technology, we have the internet, but finding the building, the right team, because I do want to stay independent. I don't really want to record deal. I don't want to, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it would be crazy right now to actually just sign a deal unless it would just, you know, just, and you're not going to get, I don't believe they'll even offer a deal that would be great enough for you because of the internet now. So um, just build team building to find the proper people. You know, it, do you got any uh, input on that? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's so many different aspects of the um, record label. And, you know, as far as delegating responsibilities, you have to have somebody to delegate them to. So just finding the right people 
you know what I mean, um, to help because it, it will get, of course, stressful on the, on the one person trying to run it all by itself. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I try to keep myself non-biased because on, on one side, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an owner of an agency and what you're talking about is, is what that company does. Like, our clients, they'll give us money and by giving us money, we'll aim to give them results. And what that really looks like is like what you're saying, okay, we want to have a press kit. We want to have a website. We want to have a shopping cart and they can come to us, the one-stop shop to kind of help them and be their key resource, right? But on the other hand, right, if you're trying to do a grassroots, well, you could use internet all day, all night, right? I mean, there's so many different tools out there, right? So even old school tools like Craigslist, there's no reason why you could not go on Craigslist and just put ads out there to find somebody. And, and I wouldn't even look at them as local, right? Because I mean, in today's market right now with COVID, you can kind of do Zoom videos and Zoom meetings and you can kind of interview people left and right. You can kind of have it set up to where you're making payments through, for example, like Wells Fargo has deals with Zeal or you can do PayPal and, 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 and you have protection on either platform. So you can kind of set it up to where, you know, even companies like, um, what's the other one? Like Fiverr, for example. If you're looking for somebody to just like a PA, right? A PA is Fiverr is a great platform to find a personal assistant. You can find them US based or you can find them overseas. But if you have a lot of step and repeat work, and that comes back to your system. So, for prime example, every single time you go to the studio, you record something, you may want to post it online, right? You can kind of find software that can do automation for you. And then you want somebody to kind of say, hey, take my content, do these simple edits, and put it in this platform. It's like mind-numbing work is repetitive work, but then you can find a PA for like, you know, pennies on the dollar to do that repetitive work for you. That takes care of some of your administrative stuff, simple stuff that way you can focus on the big picture. Second to that, you're talking about more so recruiting, right? I mean, you and I, like we, we were in the recruiting game. We were huge recruiters because we were fearless. We didn't have any shame or remorse to ask somebody if they wanted to understand the opportunity the same thing right now. So if you have an opportunity, you're an MC, you're, you're building essentially a record, you're building a record label, you're building your image, I would go back to the old school method of just call every single body and ask them if they want to help. The same line we used to use back in the day is like, hey, do you want to help me? That's it. Start, start with that. Do you want to help me? And then obviously they're going to be like either yes or no. And then after that is what do you need help with? And that's what you want to hear. When you say, okay, I need help with X, Y, and Z. It's not monetary. It's more so time and effort. And just stick to that. And as you continue to keep doing that, you're going to find the right people. You're going to find people that's going to raise their hand. I mean, think about political campaigns. Like, majority of political campaigns are run because the people are emotionally attached to the points and the and what they want to achieve. And they know that this candidate can pretty much give them or at least try to deliver on that promise. So by default, they're willing to dedicate time. Time and effort. Time and effort all day, all night long. You go to vote, everybody in there, they're not getting paid. Like that all that's free. So from that standpoint, there's no reason why you couldn't you're not promising anything, but the reality is you do make it big, right? And the goal is for you to make it big. Everybody that's gonna be on your team that's gonna go along with you for the ride is gonna climb with you in the long run, right? Somebody may help you and become a become a producer down the road because of what they help you do now. Somebody may become a video producer or video director down the road because of what they're helping you do now. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's golden. Golden. 
Okay, so uh, last kind of the last question I would have for you right now: uh, startup funding. Uh, of course, I know about the you know the GoFundMe's and the starter kits and stuff like that. So, what is your ideas on that, or, or as far as funding? I mean, obviously, angel investments are always golden, right? So uh, that's kind of like the grassroots way of thinking about it. But in that sense, you don't have, really have anybody that's liable to have payback to for example you can go to a bank and say hey i need a loan they're gonna be like for what you tell them for what and they're gonna like pretty much kick you out the door like they're not gonna fund music like that's not mm -hmm. gonna happen right unless like you're talking about you opening up like a studio and you have clients lined up outside the door and you can kind of show the like you know orders waiting to come in otherwise they're not going to do that so then you have angel investments which is essentially just you know like you said the gofundmes right the crowdfunding but then you also have Another particular thing that I think people just don't even realize is like the crowdfunding, right? So crowdfunding, and if you've been to crowdfunding.com, essentially it's a platform that, let's say if I have a new iPhone, like, and I'm, I'm calling it like the, the pair phone, right? And it has everything that Apple didn't have. It has everything that Samsung didn't have. Everybody that hates Samsung hates Apple. I'm going to play into that market. It's like, hey, guys, I got a new phone. This is who's backing me. Anybody that puts money in over a hundred bucks, you'll get the first phone off the assembly line. It's the same principle. Like, why could you not do the same thing with your record, right? So you can kind of create a video, just telling your story, telling your music, telling who you are. Even that last video, you know, everybody wants to be a rock star. You can kind of present that. And again, there's no shame in it, right? It's just putting it out there and seeing who's going to raise their hand. So you may put it out there and say, hey, you're trying to raise three thousand dollars to not only help you get in the studio but you know some of your proceeds may go back to helping kids in, in in school learn about music outside of school alternatives or whatever it may be you set it up in that way put it out there and see what happens right and then you can say okay what's gonna what, what, is, what is somebody gonna get right well the first person maybe they'll get a poster Right. If they spend more than 50 bucks, maybe they'll get a poster and they'll get uh, a download code for, for the album when it releases. Maybe they'll get a signed autograph on a poster and a CD. You can mix and match. You got merch. You can give out T-shirts. You can do anything that you have tangible that you may take for advantage that your audience and your fans may be dying to get their hands on. You could do that shit all day, all night and make five to six different packages and have $20, $10, $30, 200 bucks, whatever it is, and, and build up to where you hit the 5,000 mark. So that's a, a, an ingenious and indirect way of creating your own funds that, and then you're not giving any money back. What you're giving is things that you really have access to. Mm. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. So one other thing, though. Um, so, of course, Nipsey Hussle, he, he took his album out. He sold it for $100 a pop. Um, so I know we, you just kind of touched on that physical sales and, of course, uh, uh, digital sales. But um, do you think that, that approach is, is – do you think it's dead? I mean, because, I, I mean, it's kind of a redundant question. But um, that wasn't that long ago when he did that. Um, I think it was probably about four, maybe four years ago, or maybe not four, but um, where he sold a thousand units for hundred bucks in a night. Um, what do you think about that? I think history repeats itself, right? I mean, it's like saying, "Is radio dead?" <laughs> and, and the reality is that it just transformed, 
right? Mm-hmm. Is is TV dead? Is is cable TV dead? Is blockbuster video dead? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. dead, but the format has changed, right? The physical mm-hmm. delivery of DVDs, DVDs in itself don't really exist unless you go to a red box and 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 even that's fading out, right? It's it's taking DVDs and making it more convenient and a lot easier. So why don't you look at that formula, right? Okay, so he was selling $100 per CD. He sold 1,000 CDs. That's that's good money. Why could you not do the same thing in a digital format, right? In today's Mm -hmm. market, right? Give Mm -hmm. people opportunity. Think about it from old school. Like, you know, back in the day when DMX was doing videos, he had everybody and their mom in the video, right? So Mm -hmm. you can can do a video that you got everybody and their mom in the video. You could have them buy their seats in the video. If you want to be in the video, it's $10 a head. It's, it's, it's like a block party, right? And then you give some of your proceeds back to the neighborhood or whatever it may be. You may donate it to some kind of local corporation that's going to help raise awareness for, for inner city youths, whatever it is. But you could easily do that and then shoot a video. Like the last video that I saw of you, I mean, you know, you was riding around and you, you was kind of like showing like the country lifestyle. But Think about like um, what was the guy? Uh, I think he was from North Carolina. Petey Pablo. Pablo. Petey mm-hmm. Pablo, right? Petey Pablo had the video when he was waving around his head like a helicopter. But I guarantee you, like ninety-five percent of the people in that video in that particular scene were people that he knew that were from the block. Mm-hmm. So think about that. You have a mass scale of people that you know, right? You're giving them an opportunity to be in the video. Maybe even, you know, they'll get the first LP off the album, whatever it is, download sales. If everybody chips in $5, $10, whatever it is. If you get 1,000 people, $5 ahead, ten, that's $10,000 right there overnight. Hmm. Same, the same principle as 100 for 1,000. You got to think about your community. What can they afford? And then scale from there. And then that's, that's the small. That's like the nickel and dime. And then from there, you can kind of scale up. Now you're talking about, okay, if you want to do the 100, who is going to be willing to pay 100 and what are they going to be paying 100 for? And then you step and repeat that. Mm. Boy, you always come through with the nuggets. I'm telling you, son. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, man, yeah. I mean, you gave me a, a definitely a hat full, man, um, to go off on. Uh, um, and that, not, you, didn't, you didn't let me down at all. Um that's exactly what I was expecting, you know what I'm saying? So it really opened up my eyes. And um, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time, and I do know, but sometimes it's just good to re- just, you know, have a familiar voice or, you know, a familiar presence to reassure you on some stuff that it actually just reignite the boost, man, and, and get you out there and get you going, man. So um, shout out to you, man, to your company, to your brand, you know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely going to take this stuff that you've given me, man, these nuggets, man, and, and um, I'm gonna polish them up and 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 perfect my craft, man. And, and, and you should start seeing so a lot of these these uh, tactics that you just gave me implemented here. And uh, next time you check for me, man, you see some you'll see some um, you see some numbers, baby. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you reaching out, man. And if you don't mind, man, I mean, we need to ask you ask you a couple of quick questions before. No doubt, no doubt. So I mean, obviously, the hip hop game and. And, and, and I, the irony is, is like throughout my life, obviously I have, I have several different friends that have stepped into that space and I've had people that were actually on, on the Boston Cage podcast that, that were MCs as well. So my question to you, right, is what made you decide or what made you think that 
going into the, the like it's like becoming a basketball star or a football star like why did you decide to step into that market space the music uh as far as an artist uh, i've been doing like i said i've been doing it all my life i've been in and i actually you know um like I said, I've been writing songs, and um, before I was even writing songs, I was just making beats, and I wouldn't, I never really had the uh, equipment or anything, but I could make a beat, and I was like, it was just something in me. This as I was getting older, and um, you know, it just, I, I, like I said, I gathered pieces of um, musical equipment and uh, beat machines. Got an MPC. Got well, got the little, the little toy machines and stuff. First, just making beats. We used to beatbox in school all the time. Uh, just going down the hallways, flowing in gym and all that. So, but you know, the lyrical side of it was up to par. So, you know, and once I started getting the other, you know, aspects together, you know, and it sounded good. So, you know, I made a lot of, you know, a lot of traction and I've been on a higher, uh, you know, platform that I actually own now. I've, I've been on a bigger stage and scale, um, but I kind of buried it. You know, because I got, you know, the wife, kids and, you know, their dreams and stuff like that. But it wouldn't, it, it just wouldn't die. It just kept growing. You see what I'm saying? So, and then, you know, one day I, I go and look in my studio. I'm like, man, I got all of this stuff in here. And every time I'm trying not to do it, a song or idea pop up in my head. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now. The whole goal, though, is you know I want to I want Atlas Records to become a talent agency for the youth, but I know in order for me to be able to do that because I got a lot of kids around me, which um, we also have a, uh, a fraternity, it's kind of like a Christian fraternity for boys and girls, Alpha Nu Omega, but and that's going to be one of those outlets that you know we'll be investing back into, like you were speaking up earlier, uh, the proceeds to events or stuff that we may do, but um, I couldn't bury it. And ideas was fresh, songs was coming, it was hot. I pitched them to people like, man, what are you waiting on? Drop that. So I just couldn't do it. I couldn't just stop and not do it. So that's what inspired me and motivated me to go ahead and, uh, and, and finish this journey. I said, I got to do it one more time and I got to go all the way in. Fair enough, fair enough. So let's say I'm, I'm in middle school, right? I'm 12 years old. And just like you said, I, I'm rhyming, I'm writing, I'm always in the music, I, I'm in the band, I'm playing the drums, you know, I, I hear like music and I, I'm trying to like recite it and play it on the piano. What words of wisdom would you have for somebody in that age group deciding to step into the space, right? Because I mean, obviously, you're in an older demographic than, than let's say a brand new MC coming out is like maybe in the early 20s, right? Mm -hmm. You're like in your 30s. So if I'm going into that space, what words would you tell me that I should know that, that I could take action on at that young of age? At that young of an age, I would say just, just <clears throat> keep perfecting your craft. Just, just you know, um, everything you hear, anytime you get it, like you're going to get all type of ideas. You're going to get all type of inspiration. So whenever you get it, nurture it and, and, and build on it, add on to it. And every information, that, anything that you can read on, anything, you know, get the history of whatever instrument you play in, the, the best drummers, the best saxophone players, understand the history of what your passion is. And, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll give you a respect for the game and, and the, the, that type of energy that you're putting out, you know, it's going it's, it, to like, 
your success is going to gravitate towards you is because you won't be ungrateful. You know, you'll put that the right energy out in the atmosphere and, and, you know, um, the right people will come to you. Uh, the right opportunities will come to you is because you're not arrogant. You, you, you know, you're respecting the game and you're, you're diligent and doing your due diligence with learning how to master your craft, you know, and, you know, and never give up. And, Regardless of what nobody say, if they don't like it, who cares? Just keep on doing it. Keep rocking. Great, great, great. So the last question I have for you is, I mean, being that, like I said, I, like I know you from like a business standpoint. I mean, you're a hell of a salesperson, right? Like, I mean, you're headstrong, you're in the game, you're focused, and you don't take no for an answer. So where do you see yourself in the music game 20 years from now? In the music game 20 years from now, I will be... <laughs> Uh, pretty much looking at, you know, my nieces, my sons, my nephews, uh, my daughters, and, and, and just be an advisor. You know, I'd be a music advisor at that point to where, you know, I'm just helping them strategize uh, the best, biggest, next move in their uh, careers, you know, um, uh, just being there for, you know, for that type of support, maybe financial backing and, um, um, you know, just being, being available, being an available resource to, you know, some of the talent and people that was affiliated through the talent agency of Atlas Records. I want to be that presence for them to where they can, they, they know that they'll have someone that they could lean on, you know, um, and give them some good and wholesome instructions and directions to be successful. It's great. Great. Well, I mean, I definitely, as always, man, I wish you the best, man. I'm definitely happy that you reached out. I mean, hopefully you got some solid nuggets, action items that you can kind of take from this call. And, and again, I'm looking forward to see what you're going to do with it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Hopefully next time we do it, man, we'll, we'll be able to do the, the video side of it, man. And, uh, and we'll just keep on rocking, bro. I appreciate your time. Anytime, brother. Have a good one. Uh, you too. All right, S.A. Grant, over and out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss in Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook become an uncaged trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.